Happy Mother's Day, everybody. You know, my daughter and my husband said it so well. We're so blessed to have a house filled with women who aren't not just biological moms, but you are mothering the next generation. We at Celebration so believe in the next generation. And I am so thankful uh, for the friends that I have that actually helped to meet parent my kids. That's why it's so important for you not just to participate on the sidelines, but for you to be involved because your kids need other women and men to speak into their lives, godly influences to speak into their lives. I'm so thankful for that. You know, a friend of mine posted a, a, a post, just, I think this last week saying, uh, now where is this village that's supposed to help you raise your kids? Because they say it takes a village to raise children. I'm so thankful it takes a healthy church to produce godly children. And you cannot do this, moms and dads, on your own. That's why we provide children's classrooms, not just so you can come and have a break and you know get rid of your kids. There's a purpose in it. We're helping, we're assisting you, putting godly values in your kids. Because, you know, I can tell you, you can teach them, you know, maybe how to change the oil in a car, and that's awesome. You can teach them how to bake a cake from scratch, and that's awesome. But the most important thing you can do is to teach them that God is the center of your life and your universe. You can mess up in a lot of areas. I can say, you know, I've been a, I've been a, a mom for 35 years. My oldest son is 35, which is weird to think that he's pushing for, getting, you know, he's on that four, how do you get a kid that old? You know, it's like, yeesh. But I can say in all that time, I don't know that there's ever a, a, a time that I felt like in raising my kids for 35 years, like, you nailed it. You always feel like you're, you're lacking somehow, you know? Especially when they look so sweet and they're asleep. When they're awake, oh, good Lord. You know you're, mm, Lord, mm. God forgive me, you know? But when they're asleep, you look at all the things, man, I just felt like I yelled at them all day. I felt like I disciplined them all day. I felt like I gave them instruction all day. I told them, no, they couldn't play for sl with slime again today. How awful of a mom am I? I didn't let them have a yes day. We need to pray for whoever created that movie. They really did not have children, right? And you feel like so inadequate, but I'm here to tell you this morning that you're doing better than you think. Just by the fact that you are in this room this morning, you are doing better than you think. And my encouragement to you, no matter what stage of parenting you're in, is enjoy the moment. You know, because I know as little kids, you seem, you think those night, those sleepless nights will last forever. They don't, or they kind of do because it just changes because no longer are you getting up with them. You're praying for them all night, right? It just changes. Just enjoy your moment. Enjoy the moment. Fight to stay present. Fight to stay present. Let's do this again. Fight to stay present. Kids know, kids notice fight to stay present. Well, we're not talking about that this morning, although I could. We're going to keep it short because I was out in the lobby a little while ago, and this amazing mom came up to me, and she says, I'm hoping Pastor Randy keeps it a little short today because we have a reservation to get to. I said, well, lucky for you, I am preaching today. 
And it wasn't like in a rude way, like, let me out. It's like, this doesn't happen very often in my life. I would really like to make my reservation of my appointment. So I got you, girl. We got you. We'll get you to your reservation because I know it doesn't happen every single day. And as mamas, we stick together. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 17 talking about, you know, Sarah, the mother of faith. And hopefully we can grab a few things and send you home and we can all be better by coming to church today. It says, God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer going to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I'm going to bless her and give you a son by her. I will bless her so she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down and he laughed and he said to him, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? First of all, I'm glad this story is not about me. Can you all say amen to that? And Abraham said, said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And God said, yeah, but your wife will bear you a son and you're going to call him Isaac. I'm going to establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. As for Ishmael, I've heard you. I'm going to bless him. I'll make him fruitful, increase his numbers. He'll be the father of 12 rulers, and I'll make him into a great nation. But my covenant I'm going to establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Now, all of you Bible scholars who come to Celebration Church and read your chapter a day, you know that in this story that God is telling, uh, Abraham and, uh, and, and Sarah were well past the age of bearing children. In fact, in the natural, it was utterly impossible. It wasn't like, you know, she was just two years past the age of childbearing, what was normal or average. It wasn't like she was like 15 years past the age of childbearing. This was decades past the year of childbearing. This was an impossible situation. When God made a promise to Abraham and to Sarah, it seemed so impossible. Has God made you promises that currently look totally impossible? I would say different seasons of our life, absolutely. God's made promises to us. Sometimes they look so impossible and feel so far out, seem like they so cannot even happen, that we've almost given up on them. We don't even let that dream live anymore. We've kind of put it on the back burner because it's already too late for that to happen or come to pass in our life. Like that promise should have showed up a long time ago. I just think it's way too late for that promise come to pass now. But what do you do with that? You know, the Bible gives us a real clear picture of what Sarah did. And I think it's, you know, it's something that's impacted my life. And, you know, when my daughter's up here talking, and you, sometimes you wonder, you know, I wonder what my kids would say about me. You know, I wonder what did impact their life. Because sometimes I think as a parent or, or someone who's mentoring, you know, you think that, that your influence is one way, but then when you hear them talk, you're like, wow, I influenced them a whole w different way that I didn't realize that was being imparted to them. You know, and so when she was talking about how what impacted her is that the word of God is the final authority. You know, I'm so thankful that that's what she got from me. Not me yelling at her to get dressed every morning, not me telling her, you know, she need to make sure she, you know, kept her skirt down and her legs together and cross her legs and act like a lady. But it was the word of God is your final authority, that everything that you have need of can be found in the word of God. Because that's going to affect her life forever. Whether I'm here or not here, whether I'm with her at the moment or not with her at the moment, it's going to affect 
your child's life forever. So Sarah says this. So it says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 11. It says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children. Okay, it's going to tell us why this miracle happened in her life. It was going to tell us why this promise showed up, even though it looked like it was so impossible in the natural. It says, uh, even though she was past the childbearing age, she was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had promised. She considered God faithful who promised. God made a promise. She considered God faithful. And when she considered God faithful, it empowered the miracle to take place in her life. What are you considering right now? What are you considering about your life? What are you considering about your health? What are you considering about your family? What are you considering about your money? To consider means to think carefully about or to think about and be drawn towards. So what are you thinking about and being drawn towards? See, Sarah, in this impossible situation, she was thinking about and drawn towards God's promise, which empowered the miracle then to take place in her life. What Sarah considered mattered. She considered God faithful. That consideration empowered her to conceive, even though in the natural it was impossible. The promise proved more powerful than the impossible circumstance. Now, this is good news for us in this room because if we'll stop considering why we can't, if we stop considering why it won't happen, if we stop considering why it shouldn't take place and start considering the God who gave the promise, we'll start seeing that promise empower the miracle in your life. She had a choice to make, just like we do. She had a choice to consider God faithful or to consider her body worn out. She had a decision to make, to consider God faithful or to consider that she couldn't do what God has gifted her to do, but she couldn't do both. You can't consider God being faithful and why it can't happen at the same time. So by default, Since we're not on purpose considering or leaning into God being faithful, we by default lean into why we can't. And what we consider, what we lean into, matters. This says uh, of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse number 19, it says, Without weakening in his faith, he, Abraham, faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, that Sarah's womb was also dead. It says, yet he didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He didn't waver through unbelief concerning the promise of God. Because when you lean into the promise of God, the promise of God will empower you to receive the miracle that God has promised you. So he didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. It says he was strengthened in faith, gave glory to God. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. See, so much of the time we tend to think that what we see and what we feel, what we're experiencing in this current moment cannot be changed. 
And we live our life hopeless and helpless and, and scraping and scrapping and just trying. I hope so. You doing good? I hope so. Your marriage getting better? I hope so. How's your money? Well, I hope it's better. I hope it's going to get good. We live our life not, uh, not excelling like Jesus wants us to, but we live below because we don't think anything can change. But that's not true. The truth is it can't be changed if that's all you're considering. If I'm always leaned into why things can't happen, why God's word can't come to pass in my life, I limit God. It's not God that God is powerless or less powerful. It's I take his power away. He can't be powerful to me if I'm not leaning into him. And God wants us to lean into him. Uh, there's a difference. You know, it says here that, you know, Abraham, he didn't weaken in, in faith. It says he faced the fact that his body was worn out. He faced the fact that this flesh didn't look so good, but he didn't let that stop him. We have to realize there's a difference between facts and truth. There's facts in this normal life, but God's promise is God's truth. You know, in the beginning, when God created, the fact was that this world was dark and chaotic. It said that in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, it says when, when the Spirit of God was, was looking at the earth at the moment that it was without form and it was void, there was chaos here. The fact was the world was chaotic. It wasn't until God opened his mouth and started declaring truth and life into it that it started changing because truth always trumps fact. Truth always triumphs over the facts. So I'm not saying deny your facts. You might be old. You might have a bank account that says zero or negative, you know, $100, whatever. Your kids might be crazy out there somewhere and you don't know where they are. You might, the, the facts are there. We all deal with facts every day, but it's not until we apply the truth into our life that we'll see change in our life. I think sometimes we look at this natural realm and we think that somehow it has more power than the spirit realm. Like how can the word of God take sickness away from my body? I mean, I live in this body. I have symptoms in this body. I went to the doctor and they diagnosed me with this thing in my body. How can I take the word of God and speak the word of God into me? And how can that even bring, it doesn't even make sense. We think this natural world that we live in is so much stronger than this spiritual life, this good godly life that he promised us. But we have to realize, and I had to come to this realization, that the things that we see, God says were made by things that were unseen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 3. Listen to this right here. It says, it's by faith that we understand that the universe, this, the galaxies that we see, these stars that we see, these that the... That the um, the, the scientists are finding out there's stars and still galaxies billions and billions and billions of light years away, that the God of this universe uh, says that the universe was created by God's word. It wasn't always there. God spoke it into existence so that what can be seen was made out of what can't be seen. 
So if God's word spoke into existence, the galaxies and the earth and the things that we see with our natural eyes, why can't God's word recreate life in a used up womb? It can. If God's word created the world in which we live, why not? Why can't God's word open up new financial streams when it all looks dry and depleted? It can. The truth is, it can. The word of God can. The word of God can. Why? Because the word of God creates beyond what we can see with our natural eyes. Why can't the word of God give you brand new lungs? Why can't the word of God give you new eyesight, clear eyesight? If the word of God spoken can create stars and galaxies billions of miles away, why can't he give you a new set of eyes? He can if you lean into him. He can if you consider him faithful who promised. He can if you consider him faithful who promised. Sarah put her trust only in the promise of God. Abraham put his trust only in the promise of God. You know, you see examples of this throughout the whole wor world, you know, throughout the whole word, I mean. Eve was great. Eve was doing great in the garden. When God created man and woman and he put them in the garden, it was a beautiful place. Eve was doing amazing. She was doing great and she start, until she started considering what the serpent was telling her. And she, until she started leaning in to the deception that he was giving her. And a curse came from it. Because it matters whose voice you lean into. The Bible tells a story about Jesus traveling through a land and, and this woman who had a blood issue, a blood disease for, you know, 12 years, I believe, many, many years. The Bible says that she heard that Jesus was near, and, and she said to herself, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that health and healing will come into my life. Now, she should have stayed home, considering she'd been sick for so long. She should have stayed home, considering she was unclean and an outcast of the society because of her condition. She should have stayed home considering the crowd was so big and so great and she didn't have a lo whole lot of strength. She couldn't really walk. She kind of had to crawl her way there. She should have stayed home considering she had been sick for so long. She didn't have much strength, but no, no. She just considered the fact that Jesus was her answer. She didn't take any of those other things into consideration. She considered that Jesus Christ was her answer, that she just needed to get to Jesus considering he is the healer. What are you considering? What you consider limits you or frees you? What I consider frees me or limits me? In the process of this story, you, in the same chapter, you see Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter was sick to the point of death. He had come, got Jesus, and said, Jesus, can you come to my house? I just need you to lay your hands on my daughter, considering you're the healer. Jesus says, okay, let's go. It was in that trip that this woman with the issue of blood came and interrupted the whole thing. Well, some time went by. It says before Jesus could even get to the, to, to the house, uh, the man's daughter died. 
And people came from the house and said, hey, forget bringing Jesus considering your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher. Don't bring him to the house considering your daughter is dead. And Jesus looked at him and said, you better not be listening to what they said. You better continue to consider me as your healer. And we're going somewhere. Your daughter's not dead. Your daughter is sleeping. Jesus says, give no consideration to what they're saying. Don't believe, only fear. You know, there was, an, even in the Old Testament, the widowed woman, Elisha showed up to her house. She was outside, she was gathering sticks, and, you know, and Elisha saw her and said, hey, can you go bake me a cake? God sent her to this woman. God sent him to this woman. He says, hey, can you go bake me a cake? Get me a drink of water. And she says, yeah, I can get you a drink of water. And she started to walk in her house, and he says, can you bake me a cake too? She says, ah, I can't do that considering... I only have a little bit of flour and like a handful of flour and just a little bit of oil. And me and my son, we're just going to eat it and, and we're, we're going to die. And he opened up his mouth and he said, listen, God says you won't die. If you consider this, if you make me a cake first, God's going to see to it that that oil never runs dry. That flour never runs dry. You'll have enough for me and your son until this whole thing is over. What are you considering? Are you considering that you're too old? I mean, look, you look good considering you're 50. Listen, it's easy to buy into this. Ah, man, I would love to start this new business, but man, I'm getting old. What are you considering? Considering you're too old, the report's too bad, missed your opportunity, failure's too great. Considering that your body's just, that's just too broken. Man, I, it's not just one thing wrong with me, I got like a list. You know, I can see God fixing one thing, but the list? <laughs> what are you considering? We spend too much of our time considering the things that we see and feel being led by what we see and feel, making decisions based on what we see and feel, and not even considering God's promise and God's plan for us. What are you considering? Are you factoring God into it? Are you factoring God's favor into it? Are you factoring that you are a child of God into it? Oh, you're, I mean, wow, you look great considering, you know, you had cancer or you have cancer. Why not I look great considering Jesus Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law? Oh, you're doing great. You're doing great considering, you know, you came from a broken home and you have no family. How about I'm doing great because God puts the lonely in families and I'm established in a local church who's my family, encourage me and building me up and making me strong. I'm not in this thing by myself. What are we considering? If we continue to consider what we see and what we feel, we'll never accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Never. You know, when, when God called, uh, we felt like we were supposed to go to, to, to Oklahoma to go to Bible school. You know, uh, life was fairly good. I mean, we had three little kids, and life was good. We owned our own business making decent money, and we really felt like, man, God was calling us to be pastors and needed, needed greater education, so we decided that God wanted us to, to move to Oklahoma and go to Bible school. 
Now, if you look at that in the natural, it would have been easy to say, listen, you missed your opportunity. You should have went to school, like, way before you had kids. Considering you have three little kids, it's probably best you just stay right where you are. Considering you have an amazing business going on, it's better you just stay right where you are, not considering the God factor. I'm so thankful that we didn't consider the circumstance, but we leaned into what God wanted us to do. You know, it's so funny. This can apply to any part of your life, even simple things. You know, when we were in, at, uh, in Oklahoma, uh, we needed a second car. My husband, Randy, uh, you know, he, he did a paper route to... Um, to provide food to eat for our children. Um, so he had to throw papers. And there was a period of time where we were throwing papers for two different newspaper companies, uh, the Tulsa World and then the Broken Arrow News, a little podunky little newspaper thing. So we decided we were going to split it up. You know, he was going to go do one, one, and I was going to go do the other. But you can't do that with only one car. We needed two cars. Well, we didn't have any money. We were believing God for every dollar that came into our hand, every dollar that came into our hand. And I can remember, man, somehow, I don't know if we cashed something in or whatever, we came up with $800 to buy a car, $800 to buy a car. So we start looking for a car, looking in the newspaper. You couldn't just go to, you know, Google it or something. You had to actually look in the newspaper to go find a car. So we found this car, and we had to drive a little ways to get there. And uh, we had $800 in our pocket. And so we knew that we couldn't afford much considering... We only had $800. So we're looking, you know, what can we have, what can we find, what kind of car can we get considering we only have $800. So we find this car, we go look at it. It was a white Volkswagen Rabbit. And on the outside, it looked tore up, and on the inside, it looked tore up. It looked pretty decent, actually. But as soon as we pulled up in front of that car on the inside of us, the Spirit's voice the feeling, the spirit of God on the inside of us, you just knew, like, uh, not your car, right? Like, uh, this is not the one. You better just keep driving. This is not your car. Anybody ever been there where you feel on the inside, like, uh, this is wrong? And as a believer, that's a good voice to follow. That's the spirit of God on the inside of you. He leads you by peace or lack of peace. There was a total lack of peace at this point. It was like, ooh, you better get out of here. This is not the car for you. But considering... We only had $800. What were we expecting? I mean, what can you really get for $800? Right? So we're looking at the car, and we're deciding, well, at least let's look at it. We're here. We get out, walk around, look at it, talk to the guy. Didn't want to make the decision right there because we knew on the inside the Spirit of God was saying, nope, 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 nope. So we decided we're going to go pray about it. Spirit of God was already saying, nope, 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 nope. So our prayers were going to get a different answer. Okay, we just wanted to spiritualize. Anybody else want to spiritualize stuff? You feel bad about it. You know it's not God for you, but you're still going to pray about it anyway? Hoping God will change his mind somehow? So we go pray about it. Come back and said, how do you feel? Well, I don't know that we should get it, but, I mean, considering we only have 800 bucks, I'm thinking this is probably all we can get. We bought that stupid car. And it broke down five miles away from that house. And it was a pain the whole time we had it. But I can honestly say I would never want to go back to that, but I am so thankful that it taught us a lesson. What you consider matters. 
I didn't take into consideration that God can multiply my $800 and somehow give me favor in the sight of another car sale person selling their car that says, okay, I have this one. It's $5,000, but you know what? I believe in the gift on the inside of you. I know God has called you to do great things. Why don't I just give you this car? We didn't give God a chance. We didn't consider God. What are we considering today? What are we considering? Are you just living life considering the money that's in your pocket or are you considered, considering the God of more than enough? Are you cons- living your life considering just the doctor's report or are you considering the fact that Jesus Christ has redeemed you from the curse? Are you living your life just considering this is my lot in life? This is the, this is the family I got. I don't really like him very much, but... Mm. Or are you considering that God has given you those arrows in your house because they're going to hit an amazing target and God entrusted you to lead them? You know, the enemy is always trying to get us to lean into the wrong thing, to consider the wrong thing. He'll ask you questions like, uh, how, can, how can God prosper me during layoffs at my job? How can I prosper on this current job? He can't if you consider your job your source. But he can if you consider God your provider. How can health be restored back to me when I feel so messed up? He can't if you consider the doctor report greater than the great physician who has redeemed you and took stripes on his back for your healing. How can God bring my kids back into the kingdom when they're already, they've already, man, rebelled against him and denounced him? He can't if you consider them too far gone. The enemy's always going to tell you you can't have that house considering you don't have good credit, considering you don't have enough money, considering you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You won't get that job considering you don't have the right education. We need to stop considering the enemy's lies and start considering God who is faithful, who promised. Hebrews chapter 11 says this. Actually, the whole chapter talks about men and women who by faith in God's promise obtained great things, conquered, man, great things, received great things against all odds. It's full of men and women who have accomplished nothing, would have accomplished nothing had they continued to consider why God's word or promise or plan would not work. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23, and we're going to close with this so my friend can get to her lunch. Whoop, whoop. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, profess, for he who promised is faithful. Another version says, let us keep the witness of our hope strong and unshaking, for he is true who has given his word. Another one says, the one who made the promise is trustworthy. Another one, we can trust God to keep his promise. I encourage you this morning. We all have reasons where we can consider why something may not work. But when you consider that God is faithful who promised, everything that God has promised you in the word of God and into your heart specifically shall come to pass if you continue to consider him faithful who promised. Y'all receive that this morning? Father, we thank you today for your word that's truth. God, thank you that you are so trustworthy. 
so trustworthy. God, this morning we make commitments. God, we refuse to consider anything but your truth, anything but your promise. God, help us to be quick to recognize when we're considering the wrong thing. God, that we would lean into your promise and see your promise come to pass. God, I ask for renewed, a renewed stirring of our faith. God, a renewed stirring of our expectation. God, a revisit of the words and the promises that you have spoken to us. God, may those words come alive again. God, those words that we've been just putting on the back burner because we just considered ourselves too old to do it now, considered it way past the time, necessary time. We considered that we just don't have enough money to accomplish it. We don't have the right resources to accomplish it. But God, if you've promised it, everything that we need to obtain the promise is found leaning into you. And God, right now, may those dreams and those promises be revived and come back to life again. God, that we would see them clearly just like the first time you showed it to us. God, that we would get so excited about it just like the first time you showed it to us. God, that we would dream again. God, that we would stop looking for reasons why we can't, but we would look to the one reason why we can because you promised and you are faithful. God, I thank you for your word that's working in us. Thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for restoration. God, in this place today, God, I speak to bodies to come in line with the word of God. God, we believe that you are healer. We believe you are healer. God, we believe you are healer. We believe that you sent your word to bring health and healing to our bodies. We believe that you sent Jesus to take stripes on his back for every single sickness, every single pain, every single disease, those that we caused and those that were just showed up by the enemy. God, we believe that healing is ours, and I speak healing into this room, God, right now in Jesus' name. God, I expect for your healing power to touch every person in this room, that pain would go. God, that life would come. God, that there'd be a readjustment of blood cells. There'd be a re readjustment, God, in organs. God, that physical bodies would come in line with the word of God, that joints and tissue and, and bone marrow and, and tendons, God, and, and nerves would come in line with the word of God. With the word of God, God, we lean into you. We lean into your promise. God, I call people blessed and prosperous and increasing. Those who are needing homes. God, that those that don't own homes. God, I believe you're opening doors of opportunity for them to own their own home. It doesn't matter if they're the first one in their whole family to ever own a home. God, why not them? You are their father. You are their source. And God, I believe that you connect them with the right people to give them the wisdom they need to step into owning their own home. God, those who are needing new jobs, I believe that you orchestrate their footsteps. Doesn't matter they've been in prison and have a bad record. Doesn't matter they don't have the education needed. They have the wisdom of God, the wisdom and the favor of God. God, I believe that you lead them and you guide them in Jesus' name. God, that you restore families and homes. God, that there be just a, such a great spirit of forgiveness and forgetfulness. 
God, that we would forgive and forget. God, that there'd be no strife in our home. God, even those moms, those who have, have bad relationships, strained relationships with their moms, God, that you just bring about a healing there. The relationship may never be the same, but it can be blessed, and it can be good, and it can be favored by God. God, we lean into you today. We lean into your promise today. Bring health and wholeness and healing into our hearts. God, I come against, God, a spirit of depression and oppression. God, we're not doing good considering we've been through a pandemic. We're doing good and we're healthy and have sound minds because you are our peace. And God, we tap into that peace. We don't look for excuses to be messed up. We look for the truth to be set free. God, we don't look for excuses to be messed up. We look for the truth to set us free. God, we don't look for excuses to be messed up. We look for the truth to set us free. God, I believe that your truth is washing over brain cells and minds and souls, bringing healing and restoration like only you can. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth, and we thank you for your life. If you're in this room and you've never received Jesus or you're at home and you've never given Jesus your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. God loves you so much. The Bible says in your worst dysfunctional state, he sent Jesus because he loved you and cares about you individually, personally. He sent Jesus to live a perfect life, to give his life instead of ours. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer with me. All of us in this room, we're going to pray together. Those of you at home, pray. Just mean it with your heart. Say, Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus to live and die for me. I believe and I receive his blood as payment for every wrong thing that I've done. Thank you for the life that Jesus Christ brings. It's new for me today, in Jesus' name. Listen, I call you blessed. I call you highly favored. I declare that you take the word and you grow by the word of God. Let's all stand in this place before we leave and you go get your brunch. Can I tell you, by you coming this morning, your brunch is gonna be so much better. Not gonna be that big old line. I just believe God's gonna give you favor everywhere you go. You'll get the best table. They'll bring out the plates nice and hot and good. You won't have the end of the buffet line. You'll have the beginning of it. That's what God wants for you today. Before we leave this morning, I want to make sure that we speak this blessing over you. Taba's going to sing this over you. Listen, make sure. You don't, we don't realize what happens spiritually and supernaturally in God's kingdom way when there's a blessing spoken over you. Receive it this morning. Because I stay to the end. Because I honor what God is doing. Because I open up my heart to God. I believe that the blessing and the favor of God empowers me even greater than if I was to rush off. Be blessed today. Happy Mother's Day. Be strong today. Lean into God today. Lean into the word of God today. Tavo will dismiss you when it's all done.
Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.